Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. for worship. I praise God for the privilege of worship. I praise God for the Holy Spirit. And I praise God for this sanctuary and this place of worship. Hello? Yes, sir? I'm checking in with my technology team upstairs. You know, they were sent from the Lord. So let me check in with them. Let us pray. Most holy and everlasting God, there's nobody like you. In a world of darkness, sin and shame, adultery, Lord, we come before you thanking you for showing us the light of Jesus Christ. We ask, oh God, that you will bless this worship experience as you already have. So we ask that you continue, oh God, Lord, cleanse us of our sins and our selfishness and our negligence so that we might praise you. And Lord, I pray that this word will move your people to a closer relationship with you. I ask, oh God, for forgiveness of our sins. We bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we ask, oh God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for being our deliverance, our deliverer, and we thank you for the promises of your word. My, my, my. I know he's all right. Can I get a witness? I know. (laughs) You know, there's a big difference in what you think and what you know. How many of you really know that the Lord is all right? Yeah. I have been blessed in preparation for this sermon In chapter 15 of John, Jesus, in complete transparency, talks with the disciples again. And Deacon Bacon, he said to them that when the advocate comes, or the paralegal, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. 
Let me repeat that because what Jesus is saying, if you have been with me, you can testify about me. In other words, if you haven't been with me, there's not a lot you can say. So when the advocate comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who goes from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The title of my sermon is, Are You Spiritually Anemic? And I raise this question because I happen to be physically anemic. And I take Ferris Sequel every day to strengthen my body and uh, keep me going. And when I don't take my iron tablet, Sam, I don't feel energized and all excited. Jesus informs the disciples that they will be his witnesses after his departure. And their intimate relationship with him from the beginning is the foundation of their witness. Jesus introduces the disciples to the Holy Spirit and assures them that they won't receive divine, they will receive divine guidance from the spirit of truth, which is aligned with the will of God. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, give God some praise. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, I want you to stand up and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is saying that I'm not going to be here in the flesh, Robert, but I'm going to be here in the spirit. And you're going to get everything you need from the spirit, and I'm giving you counseling for free, an advocate for free. Most people can't afford to go to a counselor. $150 an hour, psychiatrist $250 an hour, you only get 55 minutes, never resolves your issues. But Jesus said that when I go to the Father, I have you covered by this Holy Spirit, and therefore you don't have to be concerned about the issues of this world. Some of us are so concerned about the issues of the world that we don't praise the Lord. Some of us are so concerned about the issues of the world that we neglect our relationship with God. Anemia is a condition in which the blood doesn't have enough healthy red blood cells. Anemia results from a lack of red blood cells or dysfunctional red blood cells in the body, and this leads to reduced oxygen flow to the body organs. Symptoms may include fatigues, shortness of breath, lightheadedness, dizziness, or a fast heartbeat. And what I've discovered in preparing this message is that the Holy Spirit is our oxygen in life. Because when Jesus left, I'm going to leave you with a comforter and someone who will walk with you and talk with you and coach you through life. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? You get to walk through life, but the Holy Spirit informs you when you are out of line with the will of God. And many of us are not in church or in study or in prayer because we don't want to know that we are not aligned with the will of God. Spiritual amnesia occurs when there is no spiritual growth and a lack of interest in being transformed by the Holy Spirit. 
how can you determine if you are spiritually anemic? <clears throat> There's a lack of interest in almost everything except you. You're easily discouraged. You make excuses for everything you don't want to do. You give very little or low contributions to the church and yet you say that you're concerned about the people of God. You have no evidence of a prayer life. This is just truth I'm speaking and if I'm not trying to offend anyone, but if the, it hits you, say amen. You're never witnessing and you've been in church all your life. You've been here 50 years and you still can't say anything about Jesus. That's a condition of spiritual amnesia. Your personal priorities always come first. And there's no concern for the least of these among us. How many of us ever pause to ask the question, who can I help? What can I do? No sacrifices in the name of Jesus. If it's convenient, I would do it. You know what? Being a disciple is not about being convenient. It's about labor. It's about hard work. It's about disappointment. It's about sacrificing. It's about giving it a thousand percent every day, all day, in the name of Jesus. And when we are spiritually anemic, we blame others for our absence. I would go, but she said. I would go, but he said. I would show up, but the virus might attack me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No compassion for others' suffering. You remained in the world. The Bible says there's no way that you can remain in the world and in the church at the same time. And the Bible says also that you cannot serve two masters. And one of our issues is, is that we're still trying to serve two masters. And the Lord just told me to tell you the truth, that your personal life ought to be a reflection of your relationship with Jesus Christ. But if there is no relationship, there is no fruit. And when there is no fruit, there is no spirit. So just because I show up doesn't mean that I am in relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I thank God, don't you, for forgiving me over and over and over again for every time I've been negligent, every time I didn't follow through, for every time I've taken the Lord for granted. I praise God for giving me another chance. And I praise God for protecting me when I couldn't protect myself. Jesus is a personal coach to the disciples. He said, when the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes, he will testify on my behalf. And what Jesus was really saying, Miss Lily, is that I'm not gonna physically be with you in flesh, but I'm with you in spirit. Can I get a witness? I'm not with you in flesh in the car driving along, but I'm with you in spirit. I know how you feel. I understand. Jesus is preparing his disciples and us to life after his departure from this world. What I have observed about Many of us who say that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, and this is only the truth, that we don't prepare to be with the Lord. We call the church while we're in crisis. We don't take the time to think about the other side of midnight. 
We don't take the time to make personal arrangements for our lives. And over and over again, I get phone calls from people, Reverend Tony, wanting to know if the church can help with the burial of their loved one. And the church is no longer in position to do that. But if your loved one has had no relationship with the Lord, and your loved one has never done anything for the Lord, and your loved one is not acquainted with the church, why now? And we need to start thinking about the end when we will leave this earth and prepare to be with our Father. It's time for us to get serious about our relationship with Jesus Christ. I got a lot of feedback on my sermon last week and I really appreciate it. Many people said, oh wow, you just crossed the line. You talked all about me. I said, no, I gave you what God gave me. And if it fits your head, wear it. But I'm just telling the truth. And all I'm saying is that when I look around and see the evidence of the work of God's people, I see a situation that's spiritually anemic. We beg for volunteers. And then we don't show up. We want to give accolades all the time for the little that we do, but here we are with a savior on his way to the cross. And he's sharing Deacon Ophelia with the disciples. I'm gonna share with you everything that I know. I like to say that, I tell people, now you know what I know. Because when you know what I know, then you can have what I have, and you can be blessed by the spirit of Almighty God. So Jesus saying that, I want you to testify on my behalf. How can you testify when you've never had the experience? How can you testify for Jesus when you don't know the good news? How can you testify when you don't study and you don't know the word? Many of us let the devil win because we cannot rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. And what we need to do today is we need to start standing up for Jesus. The disciples were able to testify to Jesus because they had lived and worked alongside him. In this passage, Jesus promises to send them the Holy Spirit, the advocate after he has gone. The work of the Holy Spirit affirms the life and love of Jesus giving witness to what is true. If you are truly a disciple of Jesus Christ, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. The evidence will be seen. And the world will know by the way you walk and by the way you talk. I am just tired of people who keep claiming that they're such great disciples of Jesus Christ. But where is the evidence? Where are you when the lights go out? How can we say that we are concerned about the homeless and yet we give nothing to a mission? How can we say that we care about the people who are hungry and food insecure, but our offering hasn't changed for 10 years? How can we say that we are disciples of Jesus Christ and we're not doing the work of our Lord and Savior? This is not a rebuke. These are just questions I ask myself every day. What should I be doing, Lord, and I'm doing right? Am I giving enough? Just this week, I had a wonderful experience. The Holy Spirit gave me instructions on something to do. The first time I said, well, okay, I didn't do it. The second time the Holy Spirit said, I want you to get up right now and do what I told you to do. I said, okay. 
I didn't move fast enough, but the third time, Bacon, I got up, and I did exactly what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And on Thursday of this week, I had an encounter with a person who did not know anything about my conversation with the Holy Spirit, but what the Holy Spirit told me to do was the answer to what she was praying for. And then I realized that's a mighty, mighty, mighty Holy Spirit. That you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. Is that if you are aligned with the Spirit of God, God will bless you. And Jesus reassures us that the Holy Spirit, the comforter who comes from the Father, he will come at our rescue. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. I ask to know Jesus more closely so that I might testify to his presence in my life. There is nothing like a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that we took the time to study the book of John because Jesus shows us in these passages exactly what a counselor, a coach, and should look like. Jesus shows us what a witness for the Lord looks like. Jesus teaches the disciples and he shares with them everything he knows because he wants them to bear fruit in his name. How much fruit do you bear on a daily basis? How much fruit do you bear on a weekly basis? How much fruit do you bear on an annual basis? Can you be trusted to tell the story regardless of the circumstances? I like the fact that a few months ago, one of my beloved disciples of Pleasant Grove Church told me that I was nothing more than a pimp. And I go, I don't know how to take that. Now, when in Alabama, pimps were, you know, kind of low down and dirty, and, and pimps would do things that, you know, God would not consider moral. And then, Bacon, I decided I was going to go out and look to see what it means to be a pimp. So I did some work on that, and I looked at the meaning of pimp, and I realized that it's not about being a pimp, it's learning how to be pimping for Jesus. And what I figured out is that once the Lord gets in your blood, and once the Lord gets into your DNA, and once the Holy Spirit takes over your body, you ought to be a pimp for Jesus. Because you ought to want everybody to have what you have, to know what you know. And then I realized that pimping now is a verb. That means you're active. And what you're doing is you're saying to the prostitute that if you come over here, you get this. You stay over here, you get that. It's saying to the prostitute, if you sleep over here overnight, you get this. But if you go over there, you get nothing. So what I'm saying to you, it's time for all of us to start pimping for Jesus. We need to stand up and speak the word of truth. And we need to be willing to talk about our Lord and Savior. And we need to be willing to say, there's nobody like Jesus. But to be called a pimp is one of the most important compliments I've ever gotten. And I love it because when I come around, I'm going to talk about Jesus. When I come around, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. When I show up, I got to 
testimony about Jesus. Call me whatever you like, as long as I can witness for Jesus Christ. A pimp. A pimp. I've been called a lot of things, a Negro, a colored person, the N-word. But the greatest compliment I've ever gotten is to be called a pimp for Jesus. And what Jesus is saying, if you have no Holy Ghost power, you have nothing to say. If you have no Holy Ghost power, you have nothing to contribute. So the church is silent because we don't know how to deal with the pimps on the street. We need to understand the technique of pimping for Jesus. I called around and asked a few of my friends, do you know a pimp I can talk with? They said, no, I don't, but let me think about it. Because there's something about pimps. They have their own agenda. They know what they're trying to sell. And they know how to seduce us into believing what they want us to believe. So I'm not here pimping the gospel. I'm just telling you that I'm a pimp for Jesus. And I confess. And if you're not, you ought to sign up. You can get free instructions from the church. Because when you pimp for Jesus, you talk about his great works. When you pimp for Jesus, you give towards his kingdom building. When you pimp for Jesus, you pray for the hungry. When you pimp for Jesus, you show up at the right time. When you pimp for Jesus, you don't take God's money on vacation, but you feed the hungry. When you pimp for Jesus, you show up under all circumstances. Well, I'm glad I got to share that with you. Because of all the things that I could be in this life. If all the things I could be, Holy Ghost, you have given me the privilege of being a pimp. And some of you don't know that you already pimps, but you're pimping the wrong thing. You're primping this life on earth. You're primp pimping because you are making it look as if you're going to get happy with a new car or a bigger house or new clothes. You're pimping when you think that the way you dress and the way you look and your hairstyle is going to give you, it's going to give you joy. No, 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 no. But Jesus is saying there's only one thing that can give you joy. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's only one thing that can give you joy when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus said is that when I shed blood for you, that means that the power of the blood is within you and nothing, nothing can take you out. Hallelujah. Jesus said that this is my commandment, that you love one another. And I've discovered that we can't love others if we don't love ourselves. And Jesus is also saying it's time for us to get our relationships right. How many of you been breaking up with the same person 10 years, five years? How many of you have been saying, God, I'm gonna do better next week? How many of you right now are asking God for a raise, but you're not gonna do the right thing? How many of you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Who said that, moms maybe, I don't know. Who said that? Whoever said, I like it, yeah, I'm sick and tired of being, how many of you are ready to start all over? 
And how many of you are ready to do something in the name of Jesus? In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Don't tell me you know Jesus and you have no love. Mm -mm. That's hypocrisy. And Paul said to the church of Galatia, he said, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And he said, the fruit is love and it is manifested. And he said, the joy is love's strength. This is in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, 23. He said, peace is love's security. Patience is love's endurance. Kindness is love's conduct. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's confidence. Gentleness is love's humility. And self-control is love's victory. Against such things, Sister Cheryl, there is no law. A Holy Spirit-controlled soul needs no life that can be controlled by the enemy. If you want to stop doing what you're doing, that you've been doing all these years, give it to the Holy Spirit. Just say, speak, Lord. And the Holy Spirit will show up. And the fruit of the Spirit bears love and joy and forbearance and kindness and goodness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If you're living in the flesh, you cannot serve God. God is a spirit. And those who worship him and serve him must do that in spirit and in truth. So since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Because it's time, church, that we all start pimping for Jesus. We will set up some classes called pimping and invite you to come. And I'm going to invite some of the pimps that I hope to identify. And we're going to learn how to work the conversation like the people in the street. You ever been in a conversation, Brother James, and you didn't realize you had convinced, you didn't realize you had said yes or something, and then it was too late and you already had, didn't that happen? You ever been in a situation like that, that you were just really seduced into believing that this was a good deal? It's just like getting something, everything that's free. There's nothing free in the world. Why are we thinking about that? But you see, pimps, even through free coupons, that's pimping. Because sometimes we waste more time saving $3 than we do on eternal life. Sometimes we waste more time on trying to retrieve a $1 coupon, but we neglect to pray to Almighty God. Sometimes we surround ourselves with individuals who have no idea who Jesus is. But then we want to say that we're in good relationships and we are bearing fruit in the name of Jesus. So church, my prayer is that all of you will start pimping for Jesus and increase the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. God bless. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, 
come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.